What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have Greg Drawsdow. He is a financial planner for six plus years. Greg, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Brady? How are you? I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for coming on. So, Greg, I know who you are, but my audience doesn't. So, give them a 30,000 foot view into who you are. Who is Greg Drawsdow? So, I would say <laughs> Greg Drawsdow talking in third person. Um, yeah, man. So I'm a, a financial planner advisor for about six plus years. Uh, I've been in the financial services industry since around 2012, right out of school. Actually born and raised in Miami, Florida, and uh, went to school or, or college up in Boston at Brandeis University, and then graduated in 2012. And I've been uh, building a financial pra- advisory practice for the last six to seven years now at a couple different firms. Uh, I've had a ton of experience in regards to, you know, what I would say many people in America go through when it comes to talking and understanding personal finance and just have helped them with different strategies regarding investment management, tax planning, insurance architecture, uh, estate planning, and uh, just making sure that they have a bulletproof plan in place so that, that when they you know, retire or looking to send their kids to school or God forbid if something were to happen in their family, uh, they're fully protected and on track for all of their goals. On, I guess any, anything else, some, some fun stuff to know. I, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a former athlete. I ran cross country and played basketball in high school, won a state basketball championship in Florida. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm a musician. I've played piano since about the age of three and um, still mess around here and there. And uh, just very passionate about uh, business. I love basketball. That's my main thing. But just business and, and kind of growing and, and getting 1% better every day. Um, so I love, you know, on my, on my channel, I love to, to inspire and, and, you know, fill in some, give some good advice whenever here and there and kind of just show my journey and, uh, you know, send out good vibes. I love that, man. Love that. So basketball, who's your team? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a born and raised uh, South Florida guy. So Miami Heat, my man. Okay. Okay. So you've got a uh, championship under your belt with them. We do. We do. We got a couple. Shout out to D. Wade. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, that, yeah, man, we're, I'm, a, I'm a big Heat fan. Even in the Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Morning days back in the day, in the 90s. Yeah. Even before uh, D. Wade and LeBron and the whole the whole uh, big three era. So before they started the super team era. <laughs> yeah. And I like when they had Shaq too. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Shaq's the man. So I'm not much of a basketball fan. I'm more of a football fan. I'm a Titans fan being, from right, Nashville. but unfortunately we haven't been to the super bowl since 2000. I think I was four years old. So yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, man. But I want, I want to dive in deep because you've been a financial planner for six plus years. 
going through college, did you know you wanted to go that route or did something happen in college where you were like, man, this is my calling? Yeah, dude. Great. Uh, great question. So I actually was pre-medicine ever since I was a little kid. I I've always been creative. I've always had the side of me that was, you know, uh, adventurous, but wanted to serve and, and give back and, you know, help people. And my father is a, is a doctor. So I saw that, you know, in him, you know, how he was helping people and really making an impact in the world. And that's really all I wanted to do. So, you know, the, the track, right, that your parents or at least my parents shared with me or told me and, you know, people in the community, uh, you know, doctor, accountant, lawyer, you know, the, a lot of the traditional uh, things. And, you know, I had, um, I go to, I went to school. I was pre-medicine for three years. I studied, you know, chemistry and bio and, and organic chemistry. Just that was the last straw, my man. That, that was, that was the, you know, uh, Hey, I need to kind of shift here and, and, uh, I wanted to go into business. So I just started learning a lot about business. I was involved in an entrepreneurial startup and college. you know, my friend was graduated a couple of years before me. He was an advisor here in New York. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to, uh, what do I want to do? I said, I want to, you know, make an impact and help people. I wanted to learn about money and learn about, you know, finance, because I know that if you can manage money, if you can make money, you'll be set. But if you can manage money and keep your money, you'll be even more set. Because just because you make a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're good with, you know, managing it, uh, which is the whole game. And uh, I didn't really know anything. I, I knew nothing. I, I knew not, not, not a lot about business. So I went to do a business minor my entire senior year. You just took a, my first job with ING Financial Partners in Boston. And I was like one of the first, I would say like six advisors in the office. And we we're all recruited right out of school. They kind of taught us how to be a full, you know, uh, comprehensive financial advisor and planner, you know, right at like the age of 22, 23. And I ended up having, was, was had, I had such good mentorship and, and we can talk about that. You know, just having really good mentorship. I had such good mentorship that I ended up staying in the business and I fell in love with it. And, you know, it's been great. I've really been able to impact a lot of people. So I yeah. learned a lot. So yeah, for sure. So, so I actually have a slight background with financial planning as well. Uh, when I was in college, I did an internship at Northwestern Mutual in Nashville. And, you know, I, I had really good mentorship. I had a lot of people above me that really taught me a lot. I just fell out of love with it. So did you have a point yeah. where you were going through this where you thought, man, I don't know if this is what I want to do, or have you always just been in love with the impact you can make as a financial planner? I think that now it's starting to develop. And, and again, I love it. Great question. So I, I fell in love with the, 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 one, the idea of, of, of consulting, right? So I'm consulting clients and I fell in love with the idea of really doing right by, by the client. I was fortunately taught by guys who were trained at Ameriprise, some of the top, I would say, advisors and planners that are in the industry. I had a fortunate, you know, to be trained by them, or I was fortunate to be trained by them for about three years. And, um, and then it continued on after that, after ING Financial Partners, I was with them for three years. And we were actually went into uh, what's called the complete independent side, RIA, a registered investment advisory, um, independent practice but with the same group. So I, I saw a transition from like a big company to a private entity. And then I uh, pursued my career with Penn Mutual, which is a big life insurance company, similar to uh, Northwestern Mutual. And uh, after three years with them, I, I moved my practice to Prudential. And, you know, one of the things I, I've enjoyed throughout the process is really taking someone from start to finish and, and actually like kind of seeing the transformation. I think that's the most gratifying thing. I think that 
you know, I would be lying if I didn't say I thought about quitting uh, at least twice, three times a week. And my old mentor used to tell me that if you're not, not thinking about quitting once a day, you're doing something wrong. Meaning, you know, you're, you're not working hard enough if you don't feel like you're going to quit. So I was kept that mentality and mindset and I tried to push through and, and fortunately I'm, I'm here now and uh, now I'm really trying to transform I think the way financial services are delivered we're seeing a lot of uh, movement with big companies uh, that are in fintech and you know managing money for for people that are uh, the robo advisors and I think that uh, education is lacking definitely lacking in the United States on personal finance and I think it can be just packaged a lot better. So I'm working on things, you know, to, to, to build my practice and my business and in a unique way that really provides a lot of value and education to people at the same time. That's awesome. And I think that's huge too. Personal finance is such an important topic and not enough people are experts in it. In my opinion, every person should be an expert in their own personal finances, but I'm sure you've seen it where you meet with people and they have no clue it's just an issue. It really is. And it, and it starts at a young age. The education system is failing people in regards to personal finance. I don't understand why, but what you're doing by educating and consulting and, and helping people plan their financial futures is really commendable because that's not an easy thing to do. So with these robo advisors, you know, obviously with, so let me backtrack. With financial planning, from what I understood, there's always an offensive side and a defensive side. The offensive side is obviously the investment side. And then you got the defensive side, which is the risk management, the insurance side. Obviously, a robo-advisor would not work on the defensive side. There are more investment strategies. So do you ever see a future to where the offensive side of financial planning is solely robo-advisors and then financial planners just transition to the defensive side or the insurance side? It's a great question, man. I love how you position that uh, offensive, defensive. I use a similar analogy with my clients when we talk about cash and cash reserves. Um, but I really like how you compared offensive to like the investment side and the defensive to the risk management. I would say that I don't believe that that will happen. And I'll tell you why. I believe that well, first off, there is a method, there's an actual method in regards to the certified financial planning process that, that covers the six key areas of financial planning, where risk management, which is, you know, call it the insurance world and protection planning, right? And estate planning, put that in there as well, is, is really covered equally with investments and tax strategies and understanding your current financial position. So... I think that because a lot of people aren't educated properly, they are assumptive. And the, the statement that you made, you know, do you think that it might go away? I, I think that could be a fair assumption. However, I don't think that robo-advisors will ever, will ever replace the idea of someone consulting a family because money management really is just one piece to, you know, the puzzle. It's one, one of the six slivers of you know, what someone will, would need, you know, in all six in their household. So <clears throat> I, I think that um, it's a matter of just educating people. Insurance is, a, is an amazing tool 
depending what types of insurance we're talking about, there's term and there's permanent life insurance. And if, and there's different strategies that are out there regarding tax law that the United States um, permits to, you know, higher income individuals, business owners, and just people overall. And a lot, most people are just not aware of them. And a lot of times insurance doesn't have to be the vehicle used, uh, but life insurance as cash value life insurance uh, a lot of times is because it solves a lot of problems. But equally, it's just as important to make sure that you have money working for you that's liquid, right? Or if it's set for retirement, that those are designated accounts towards goals um, at the same time. I think it's not one or the other. And I think that's where a lot of people get, ex I, I've, I've sat down with a lot of clients and I've had a lot of clients who are very hesitant to work with me or my team because they've had a really bad experience with a previous advisor or consultant, someone who maybe was just working for a mutual insurance company or just an insurance company and they came in to sell just insurance, right? right. And they weren't really looking after their best interest. Um, and then I've also had guys who, you know, like the big wirehouses like Merrill Lynch, UBS, who really just focus on assets. And, and obviously a lot of these, most advisors, you know, I think in today's society, it was a lot different about 20 years ago, right? In the Wolf of Wall Street time, um, the products have changed. But I think in, in today's society, it's, um, it's a lot, you know, people can be through BS and they have to be a little bit more transparent. But I think, you know, a lot of asset managers will just say, hey, listen, this is what we focus on. This is what we do. And you'll see, I mean, look, I, I speak with a lot of people in my industry and a lot of advisors who are, who are really trying to go the financial planning route. Um, you know, and serve as a consultant. Um, and there's different ways to get compensated that way, you know, fee for service as a, you know, a flat fee for consulting. And then also if they implement strategies, you know, we would potentially manage the assets for a fee um, or, you know, provide an insurance or estate planning strategy where we would be compensated on that. So, you know, I think that in working with someone you, or, or, or just making sure you're getting advice from someone you trust, you know, really just making sure that they're being transparent with you and that you, you've covered all, everything and not just one area. So you, you hit on a word that I think is huge in the financial planning world, and that's trust. Because I know it, you know it, money is a sacred topic for people. People don't want to talk about it unless they trust somebody. So what has been your strategy to get people to tear down that barrier between you and the client so that they're completely transparent with you? Because also, the more transparent a client is with you, the more value you can provide. So what's been your strategy to get them to break down that barrier so that you can gain the ultimate trust from them? Part of the reason that I wanted to be in this career is I've witnessed both my grandfathers or really, you know, both my grandfathers actually pass away, one with not a lot of money and the other in debt. And I saw my, you know, my parents transition, you know, out of that and build their own careers and build their own life. And it really was inspiring. But I just know, you know, they unfortunately made bad decisions because they didn't have good guidance and they didn't have someone that they could really could trust to, you know, point them in the right direction and help them make good money decisions. So with clients, I mean, I have a process and, and again, I follow a very specific process that, that, you know, will show you results at the end of the process and giving them comprehensive plan that shows them where they are today, where they're trying to be and help them understand the steps they need to take to get there. And it's very detailed and we go through every single item of their household. So I think there's a lot of value there. 
but at the same time in showing value, I think it's just building, you know, rapport that, you know, listen, I'm here for your best interest. I, I tell them things, I, I give them a, you know, a free consultation and tell them things that I think that they could be doing better. Or I think that if they're doing them well, I tell them right there, you know? So I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm really just here to solve a problem, which I think what most business owners are here to do, right? I hope. Otherwise, if, if you're not solving problems, you're probably not making money. But yeah, I mean, just solving a, a real problem that they have. And if they feel that it's not a problem, I mean, look, I sit down with clients who, you know, we go in for full financial planning, they want a full financial plan, but then we get to the recommendations on the investments. And they're like, you know what, I feel all set with the investments, even though maybe we recommend something that may need to change, but maybe it's not a drastic change. Maybe it's not going to affect them. Maybe there's not enough pain, right? It's not going to affect them in a way where they really need to take action now. But maybe their estate plan or their, their you know, insurance is, you know, they're underinsured and they need, diff they, they need to focus on that first. So maybe we just cover one area and that's completely fine, right? So I think that it's just understanding and collaborating with your client or just with your customer in the best way possible. And, uh, you know, I think it'll, it'll be good. It'll just lots of success on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense too. So when you're meeting with these clients, what have been the top issues financially that you've noticed? Is there a trend or is it kind of just one off things? So I would say the general trends, there's definitely trends with a lot of people. And, and when I say a lot of people, right, that, that's general. So let me be a, let me be a little more specific. People, um, I meet with different types of clients. I, I sit down with some millennials, not too much, but starting to, you know, build, a, again, build out a program uh, for that demographic. But I also speak with, you know, people, let's say, who are Gen X, um, a little bit older. So I would say, let's just say 30 to even 50. Okay. 30 to 50. Maybe the, a lot of families are starting, they're having kids. We see a lot of families who are just underinsured. They don't understand the importance of life or disability insurance, or even like having a basic will, uh, and what that can do for your estate. And, you know, most families we also meet are maxing out their 401k plans if they're working. So these are people who are corporate employees, not business owners, Brady. Uh, business owners would be a different discussion, can get in a little bit more into that. But a lot of people we meet are, you know, have, have two jobs, you know, healthy income for the household, and they're just looking to get their financials in order regarding every area of their life, like estate planning, insurance, tax strategies, you know, are they maxing, uh, maximizing their investment accounts, like their 401k plans or 403b plans? Um, do they get a match through their, through their employer? Are they taking advantage of their employer benefits? you know, and all the insurances and everything else that they have to offer. And, you know, do they have a good handle? When was the last time they reviewed all of this stuff together? Um, so that's really what we, we do. I kind of serve as like the quarterback in, in, in someone's household, you know, to help them take action, even if it's something that I'm not really directly getting compensated on, just getting them to feel more confident, more organized, you know, that, that they're on the right track. So it sounds like, you know, maybe the major concern is just not having a financial plan in the first place. Yeah. Not having a financial plan. I would say yeah. a major concern for a lot of people. I mean, look, I deal with a lot of insurance. A lot of people are underinsured for life insurance and they don't understand how, how it works or why they need it. Uh, but most of America is underinsured. Meaning, you know, if you have a family working for, with them and they, they have a mortgage or they have debt, let's say they have student debt, right? Student loan debt or, or credit card debt or, or a mortgage, and let's say there's a husband and a wife, and let's say two or three kids. What happened? And one of the, the the spouses, let's say, you know, let's just say it's a husband. Let's say he's making most of the income, 
right? Maybe he's making a healthy income, like 150, 250, 300K salary, right? And the wife maybe works part-time, she's taking care of the kids, right? What happens if he dies? Who's, who's taking care of the family, right? So the purpose of insurance is just to protect, you know, a future income need or any debt obligations that would need to be paid if, if a primary income source wasn't there. So we see a lot of families that are just underinsured, man, and they just really don't understand. Sometimes they don't care about it. Sometimes people don't understand why they need insurance or whatever. Um, and then a lot of other families are, are, are mostly, uh, or just people in general, even young execs, I see just maxing out everything towards retirement, everything their 401k. Right. And they're, they're, they talk to me, they're like, yeah, I want to get into other asset classes like real estate or, you know, just save more into a brokerage account. How do I do that? You know, cause the 401k makes it very accessible to everyone. If you're in a job, it's right. given to you, they tell you what you can do. They, it's automatically deducted out of your paycheck. So it's really one of the only strategies that most people know about because, because of, you know, their company, but there's so many other strategies that you could utilize that are out there. You know, if you understand the law, right. So that's where, that's where someone like myself comes in. And then look, I also see a lot of people, I have sophisticated clients who are, are clients who are more sophisticated investors and I have clients who are you know, less sophisticated investors, meaning the clients that are more sophisticated, maybe they manage their own money and they're comfortable doing that. Perhaps they're finance guys, maybe they're investment banking guys or you know, they're business owners. Um, but maybe they're looking for other strategies around tax planning. How can I save money on my personal income or my business income for taxes. So th that's a unique, you know, niche that we have as well. Yeah. I mean, it just, look, I've seen a lot and I would say those are some of the most common trends, but it just definitely depends, you know, on you and your goals and some of your bottlenecks you feel like you're facing right now. Every one situation is different. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's situation is different. And that's what I preach this podcast is like, and, and we've been talking about this before what I'm doing to get out of my $50,000 in debt to put me and my wife on our path to our own version of financial freedom is not going to be the same steps that someone else uses because everybody's situation is different different things work for different people. And that's just the way it is. What's cool about what you do is you have, you know, what's worked for other people in your head and you're able to dish it out based off different situations, which I think is really neat because you're able to pinpoint, okay, this person's situation is similar to this other person's situation. And this is what I did for them. So I'm going to suggest it to this other person. So I just think it's really cool because you just have this wealth of knowledge of different strategies, essentially, if, I mean, financial planner, different strategies that can work to a client's advantage. But I wanted to hit on a question too, because obviously Dave Ramsey is a big name in the personal finance world. When I was doing financial planning, I just had this negative connotation towards whole life insurance because I took his class in high school. It was a mandatory class. And he just said term life insurance is the way to go. So I was like, okay, if he, he obviously has this level of authority. So I trusted him doing all of this, doing this podcast and going through this journey. I realized there's a lot of things that Dave Ramsey is just simply not right on, you know? Yeah. So what is your argument? towards people who say Dave Ramsey included that whole life insurance is a scam or it's fraudulent. So I would say that that is false. Uh, I completely disagree with the idea that Dave Ramsey says whole life insurance is not valuable. Um, in fact, I mean, I'm a firm believer. There's different types of permanent. First of all, the, the world is permanent life insurance. 
And whole life is one type of permanent life insurance. The other two types are universal life and variable life or variable universal life in which the cash component is invested differently. Um, I think that the problem with the stigma around whole life or just insurance in general is that the people that were selling them back in like the 80s, 90s, and even you'll see today, I mean, a lot of people sell insurance policies, but they're not structuring them perhaps in the best way possible. So just to be, just to give you like a, a little overview, Brady. So, so my role, I mean, I, I have, I wear many hats, right? As a quarterback and I, and obviously investing in, in tax strategies and insurance, but one of my core competencies is I, I am, I would say, you know, I I'm, I'm an expert in structuring permanent life insurance and cash value strategies for clients and sophisticated investors. Um, so, so we do, so I have a team that I've been partnering with for about four years now where we also use specially designed life insurance, which is whole life in this case, cash value, whole life insurance for the ultra wealthy people who are in the worth, net worth space of 20 million plus, I would say 20 million is pretty much on the low end. I would say between like 50 million and, 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 you know, over a hundred plus million. Um, and we use life insurance within estate plans and, um, we use a strategy called premium financing in some cases where you can actually get a bank to finance the premium in the policy, which it accelerates the cash value growth. And then you'll have more cash value growth in this plan over time. Um, and it's just, there's so many amazing things. Uh, so you're essentially like in that case, leveraging a bank, other, right? Other people's money to just get a higher rate of return or spread on your own money. Um, it's a pretty cool concept, but not to get too complex. Um, I would just say whole life man is, a, is an amazing strategy. It's, it's really the foundation for a, a, a home of planning home if it's used properly. And I structure these plans to do multiple things. So for example, we use these types of plans to build tax free wealth and income uh, for clients to take out tax free retirement income when they're when the time is right. So the benefit of a permanent life insurance plan is that you don't have to touch the money until 59 and a half on like a retirement plan, like a 401k. You can use the dollars as withdrawals or loans out of the policy to leverage into other investments, or you can use it as another stream of income when you hit retirement, which is tax-free retirement income. Um, so any of the dollars that you put in grow tax deferred. And when you take them out, they're tax-free. And if you just understand how to structure these vehicles where, you know, for example, we do like a lot of overfunding. So I'll overfund these policies where it reduces the cost of the insurance and it actually reduces our compensation as advisors. Um, but I do that again, because I'm in the business of, of being in the best interest of my clients. Um, and it, it gives them the best rate of return in the strategy. So it's really just, just depends on how you're structuring and how you're educating people and how you're using it. You know, I think that there's a big stigma against going, you know, having people pay insurance premiums they don't need to pay. I'm, I'm all with that and I agree. But if you understand the purpose of what the money or the investment vehicle is doing within your portfolio, then, then if it's serving its purpose, then it's probably doing you more good than bad, right? And then that's, that's where we would implement something. So, you know, I have clients that also take uh, loans out of these insurance policies to buy real estate. And then when they end up getting rental income and they pay back the loan inside the insurance policy, um, you're actually able to leverage 
cash out of a policy and whatever money is still on paper in the policy, even though you're borrowing against it, still gets an interest rate credit. They're, basically, you're building your own bank inside of a permanent life insurance plan if you know how to structure it properly. And it can be used to um, invest. The cash is tax-free, right? So it can be used to invest in other um, asset classes. And overall, there's been studies. I have studies that I show people uh, that it increases your overall net worth by having one of these plans over time. So again, I think it's who's, who's, you know, who are you learning this stuff from? It's, you know, and, and um, I think a lot of the stigma is because a lot of people were sold bad policies and not educated properly. And look, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's a little complex, but if you take the time to learn it and understand it, it's not that difficult like anything else. Right. That's my two cents on that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you, you hit a word too, complex. I think Dave Ramsey, I'm not going to say he doesn't believe in it because I really don't know. But he preaches term life because I think his strategies preach to the masses in regards to he wants to make personal finance easy. And can you make a lot of money through a whole life insurance policy? Absolutely. But he wants people to worry about paying down debts, saving that emergency fund, paying their house off, all this different stuff, which I understand. But there's just simply better ways to do it. I completely agree, by the way. I think that if you're a family, you know, just starting out and your income higher, the first thing is to get your income increased, right? Once you have a high, high income for the household or yourself, then you, you have so many more opportunities to invest in other places, right? Real estate, just other investments in the market, maybe right. insurance, right? As an asset class, but you got to get your income up first. So I think that advice is good. Like, you know, most people should, can only if really afford to buy term. And, and, you know, if they bought a small insurance policy, a whole life policy, it may not make a big effect on them because they're not funding it with enough money. Right. So it's like they probably should just buy term and that's fine. But, you know, I, I would say like permanent life insurance and whole life is, and I would agree with that is, is not, again, not always, it can be for the masses, but if you, you know, it's really for people who have a, a high income or a healthy income that's consistent and they're looking to really add to their portfolio and do all their things like protect their estate. Maybe they have some trust work done. You know, there's, there's various uses, whether it's for cash or estate planning as a death benefit. So yeah, man, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, with this whole financial planning thing, what's the long-term goal? Yeah. You know, I want to build a platform that provides financial literacy education and helps people take action. Um, you know, whether it's with me, right. Or ideally with me, cause I, you know, I am in a services based business, but I'm also building out a combination right now of, you know, education and financial services. So I, when someone, you know, comes to meet, you know, let's say our site, just, you know, what are they learning? What are they getting out of it? How can we make the user experience, you know, in a tech, you know, in a marketing friendly way, right. Um, for them to take the right action and long-term, I mean, I'd like to build a a practice of, of top clients. I would love to even, you know, help athletes. I think there's a lot of successful athletes that, um, make very bad financial decisions. We, I mean, we've seen plenty of these stories, you know, for the last six, seven years, I've, I've helped a lot of different types of people. I've, I've worked with, you know, young millennials. I've worked with, I would say mostly middle-class families and, you know, some high net worth and affluent families as well. And, um, you know, I, I'm just really inspired to educate and guide people on how to properly build, protect and distribute wealth 
on their terms, right, throughout their life and make good decisions. So that's, that's kind of my mission statement. I love it. I love it because, you know, I have a few business partners and I always preach that focus on making your impact on the world, whether that's a large impact, small impact, et cetera, and the money's going to come. It, the, the impact you make will result in income, but money should not be the goal. The goal needs to be impact. And of course, what you're doing, yeah. making an impact in people's worlds through financial planning is huge. And it, it really does take, you know, a special person to be able to do that. Because of course, I tried it and I quit. I didn't, I couldn't finish it. So it's definitely not easy. And I think there's now with the internet, there's a lot of ways that even if you're not a financial advisor and planner, you know, if you're not licensed, right, and regulated by FINRA, you can still be a quote unquote wealth coach, right, or wealth consultant. Um, I mean, there's a few of them out there, you know, um, and just, you know, you can still give your personal opinion or guidance and, and provide a good service. So I'm looking at a combination of doing that and trying to stay, still stay in the business for services to help people, right, who need the management um, or the implementation side. But, I, but the education side for me has always been something within my business that I felt was lacking just on a, on a mass level, right, using the internet. Because the truth is, most financial advisors are age 55 and older. They're, they miss this whole wave of, of new technology, right? They're on the, on the tail end of their practices. They're selling their books. So there's not a lot of young like advisors that are really talking, you know, about, there's people talking about money, but consultants or advisors with real experience, I think a lot of people are actually scared. I'm like, I, I, at least I think I'm one of the first, even young guys to really start talking about this stuff just because, People are scared because they're regulated. We're all regulated by FINRA and the SEC and they don't understand the laws of like what would be permitted and what's not. But I mean, at the end of the day, right, the, the first, uh, you know, free, freedom of speech, first amendment here, um, you know, as long as you're, you're not saying outrageous stuff, I don't see a problem with it. So, you know, my goal is to start doing more of these podcasts. I might even start my own podcast, definitely a YouTube channel. I mean, I got a lot coming and a lot in the works that I'm very excited about. Um, but really just using, you know, the right platforms in today's world to uh, get my message out and, and just help people as best as I can. Like, you know, look, Dave Ramsey's, you know, he has his niche and he's done a great job. I mean, I, I admire the guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's, it's impressive. And anybody else that's serving people is impressive. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm headed right now, man. That's my focus. I love it, man. I and you, it. you yourself, by the way, you yourself doing this, this is big. This people need this. People need to listen to this. So, Everyone listen to Brady's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Good stuff. So we're, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping yeah. up. And as I said, before we started recording, we have a speed round. So essentially you've got five to 10 seconds to answer each question and no more, no less. And your first answer is your final answer. All right. First question. Okay. Do you prefer Dasani water or Aquafina water? Aquafina. You're eating a nice sandwich. What's your side of choice, Doritos or Cheetos? Doritos. Would you rather be blind or deaf? Hmm. Uh, it's tough. I would rather be. I would rather be. Uh, I'd rather be blind. Would you rather have T-Rex arms or bird feet? Uh, time's ticking, man. T-Rex arms. T-Rex okay. arms. T-Rex arms. And this is going to be a tough one. 
What is more valuable, yourself or your time? Oh, wow. Um, myself. Yep, time can be included in that. So yourself. Okay. So, so time limits off now. Why do you say yourself? It sounds a little maybe arbitrary, but yourself is, I mean, many things, right? It's whatever you value, whatever you love to do, whatever makes you happy, right? And I think whatever makes you happy, whatever you love to do, whatever you value, right? You're going to spend time doing those things. So time, I believe, is your most valuable asset, but it's your most valuable asset. So the word your being key um, in, in you have to do whatever's right for yourself. And, um, you know, whether that's tasting something good, experiencing a new place, uh, traveling, you know, time is just, just one component of that. So I love it, man. I love it. So we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. Greg, where can my audience find you on social media? Yeah, great. So just Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at Greg Drawsdale on Instagram, uh, at Greg Drawsdale on Facebook, and just uh, you can search Greg Drawsdale LinkedIn. Um, I got my site coming soon, so I'll be sure to uh, be sure to let people know. But stay tuned. And um, yeah, man, I would say just social media: Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, even Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well, but I'm using mostly Insta and Facebook. So awesome, man! Awesome. Well, guys, go reach out to Greg. Tell him what you thought of the episode, and we will catch you next time. Greg, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Brady. Really enjoyed this. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.